This episode of the OP Radio Podcast, sponsored by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Check it out for yourself and go to HelloFresh.com slash op 14 Use the code OP14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash OP14. Use the code OP14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. Krasinski, uh, where's Anthony? You need a haircut. Are you going to go back to serious? Are you a dem? Enough of this palaver. <laughs> Vinny Castiglione. Oh, my God. So, Vinny, huge supporter of what I do. Um, really, really appreciate Vinny. He's part of the private Facebook group, I think. Yeah, you're in there. Of course you are. Okay. Vinny goes, yo, oh. Give me your address. I want to send you something for all the, the fun and content you've given me over the years. I'm like, I ain't giving you my address, Vinny Castiglione. Hell nah. He goes, but I want to send you coffee. I'm like, damn. So I gave him the address of Get Parts on the Upper West Side in New York City. I felt like he was sending me some uh, some illegal stuff. It, it was creepy. I felt like I was in a movie because uh, Matt from Get Parts, who's now a, a very good friend of mine, I go, Matt, is it cool if Vinny Castiglione sends a, a package to Get Parts for me? Because I don't want to give him my address. He's like, hell yeah. I'm like, okay. So then um, Monday, I'm like, yo, Matt, I'm here to pick up my package. He's like, yo, I'm in Delaware. I'm like, well, how am I going to get my package? He goes, I'll give you the code to the lockbox. And all of a sudden, he gives me the code to the the lock uh, the lock box. There's a ton of keys in there. He tells me which two keys are his. And I open up uh, the front door of Get Parts. I go in. It's creepy as all hell because it's completely empty. There's no people. There's no music. There's no lights on. And sitting on the bar is uh, like three or four giant boxes from this Vinnie Castiglione. I'm like, this son of a bitch. So I brought it home. He gave me Bones coffee, and I'm drinking a cup of coffee from around the world. Vinny, send me coffee from around the world. I think we're going to Nicaragua this morning, and it's not a bad cup of joe. What did you give me? Uh, Coffees from around the world. You gave me a French press, which is fancy, 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 but we'll definitely make some French press uh, coffee. And then he gave me some, uh, some flavored coffee. And then I go, Vinny, what can I do for you? He goes, absolutely nothing. Just keep up the good work. And I'm like, you son of a bitch, you're one of the good ones. Because, uh, you know, a lot of times somebody will send me something. I'm like, what do you want in return? And then all of a sudden it's the laundry list. Well, I want you to mention this and this and blah, blah, blah. He just sent me coffee as a thank you. It literally made my day. And then, so then I checked in with Matt uh, from Get Parts, and and Matt goes, "How how many beers did you steal?" <laughs> and I go, "Matt, 
I was thinking about it. I really was thinking about uh, having a couple beers in an empty get parts with the lights off and no music on and no people. I go, but man, your place, you know how much I like it. But man, when all that shit is gone, the lights, the people, the music, your place is creepy as all hell. So I, I wanted to get the hell out of there. And I go, I, I wanted to live stream. He goes, go back, do that. So I, I am going to do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna live stream from a very empty get parts. Uh, maybe the next time I go back in the city. Uh, but uh, there you have it, uh, Vinny. Thank you so much for the coffee. Really, 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 really appreciate that. A little heat wave around the country. How hot is it where you're at? We're actually getting a really nice breeze off uh, off the ocean right now, which is I I'll tell you I am blessed because when I was in New York City, uh, it was so hot. I've talked about this over the years, so. New York City at times gets so hot, those heat waves, that uh, people that don't have air conditioning in their apartments, they're people that don't really like uh, to be out on the streets of New York. They like to just stay in their apartments. But it gets so hot in their apartments on these uh, heat wave days that they actually wander downstairs onto the streets in New York. And, man, if you're into people watching and uh, you're close to New York City, when it gets over 90, it's got to even be higher than 90. Let's say over 92 degrees, you walk the streets of New York because you are going to see some batshit crazy people that finally said, you know what? I can't take the heat in my apartment. And they start wandering around New York. It is amazing. And that's how it was the other day when I was in, uh, when I was in New York. Are you buying Krispy Kreme's IPO? I love this fucking hat. I told you the story the other day if you were watching. but. Um, me and Carl, me and Carl went up to Rochester, New York. I wanted uh, Carl to meet Brother Weez. I, I knew those two would get along because, like, Carl is like a younger version, or was was a younger version of uh, Brother Weez. And uh, man, they hit it off big time, big time. And uh, on our way, Carl has to stop everywhere, and he saw a Krispy Kreme. He's like, "Ooh, a Krispy Kreme!" So he went in. We watched the donuts being made. And then um, they had some merch, and he got two Krispy Kreme hats. He threw them, threw them on the counter, and I said, I ain't wearing that Krispy Kreme hat. And then I put it on, and I went, God damn, this is a nice hat. It's, and I think, I think it's now my favorite hat. I think it is. And I, I just found it when I was um, in New York. I'm like, God, I got I to gotta grab my Krispy Kreme hat. And I'm not a fan of donuts, so uh, take that. Sorry, Carl. Carl would not like to hear that I'm not a fan of donuts. I know one of the last times uh, I saw Carl, <laughs> we were podcasting. Was that the day we wandered around looking for batteries and he was laughing his ass off? How pathetic I was because I didn't have batteries for my recording device for that episode of the podcast. And, and we had to wander around forever trying to find batteries. Maybe it was. Even just getting batteries with Carl was just an adventure. And we were just laugh our asses off. But one of the last times I saw Carl, I was at uh, La Cabana. We did a podcast. And then he's like, dude, let's go get donuts. I'm like, all right. And then there was like a specialty donut shop near uh, La Cabana. And then I wanted to order a donut. He's like, I'm ordering. There's only one way. You have to get the raspberry filling on a, on a, a powdered donut. I'm like, oh, come on, Carl. I, want I think I wanted some dumb Bavarian cream or something. And once again, he's just shaking his head at me like, oh, God, you don't know anything about food. And then he ordered these donuts that probably were the best donuts I've ever had. So Carl was always finding those out-of-the-way places. 
I would meet him to go eat. And uh, I would think because he was a big Food Network star and a huge chef. And he was, um, you know, at the end of his life, he was running his own restaurant. Every time we went out to eat, I'm just assuming that we were going to go to some cool, hip restaurant. And certainly we did that from time to time, like um, Alex Garnaschelli's uh, place in Midtown, Butter. That was simply amazing. But um, he always found the out-of-the-way uh, places. You would think they're, they're just holes in the wall. And their food was always, always, always spectacular and would rival all the really, really fancy restaurants, whether it was in New York City, we did it in Philly. These, these restaurants that no one gave a shit about because they didn't have the nice decor and the fancy, you know, tablecloths and uh, all that horse shit. Uh, their food was absolutely amazing. That's the thing I learned from Carl. You don't have to spend a lot of money to get an amazing fucking meal. I'll never forget that. But why do you do this? Like, who's the, who is the horseshit people that start this garbage? So I hear Opie was served with divorce papers. Opie, are the rumors true? You getting divorced, brother man. We, I, I'm blocking you. Of course they're not true. I don't know why these people are harassing me on a regular basis. It obviously is coming from somebody. It's so obvious. They just throw shit out there every single day, hoping that something sticks. No, I'm not getting a divorce. I, I've never been happier. I've, I've known my wife for uh, 17, 17 years. Holy shit. And we've been married. Uh, what are we going on? What are we going on? 13 years we've been married coming up in uh, November. So I, I just blocked that guy. It's just garbage. I really appreciate the people that just support me and push back against this nonsense. It's so weird. Like, I've moved on. I'm doing my own thing. Uh, I, I have people that absolutely like what I do. They like the live streams every day or when I, when I do them. I try to do them every day. People really like the podcast. Uh, they like the dumb videos I post. Uh, I get to be silly and goofy and stupid again, and I love that. And there are obsessed people out there that just have to, for whatever reason, knock me down. Why? Just if, if you like something better, go off and support them, and that's it. Don't worry about little old me. Don't worry about it. Uh, Gary Krasinski, uh, Subway Sushi. Well, I turned up. I was the one that turned Carl on to Subway Sushi. People are always asking me, you know, hey, I'm coming to New York City, I uh, need things to do. Don't do the fucking Times Square. Or if you want, because it's all, you know, especially at night with all the lights on and uh, it's very, very festive. Okay, walk around one night if you're in New York for a really long weekend. And then that's it. Get the fuck out of Times Square. When we have to walk through New uh, Times Square, we get really, really bummed. And SiriusXM actually was on the... Uh, well, they were in the heart of Times Square, and I had a fucking walk through Times Square every single day when I used to work for those idiots. But um, do Times Square for a couple hours, and that's it. And then move around. And there's a place. I mean, it's not it's not spectacular, but it's cool to check out. It's it's called the Turnstiles. I hope they're still around after COVID. I have no idea. I haven't uh, ventured down there. But in the um, in the subway stations. Uh, they have a, a section called Turnstiles, and they're really, really tiny little shops. And they got pizza, they got uh, a little Starbucks, they got a candy place, they got a donut, a couple different donut places. And it's all these just mom and pop type uh, little restaurants that need a little space. Uh, yeah, 59th Street Station. Uh, Eton Burke knows. And um, honestly, that's cool to do just for a quick hour and get a bite to eat or, or a cup of coffee or something. And I wandered through there, and um, 
there was a sushi place and I sat down at the counter because I was starving. I forgot where I was I was going. I had, no joke, the best tuna sushi I've ever had in my life at this tiny little joint. I don't even know the name of it. I just called Subway Sushi, by the way. Had a really, really quick lunch, and I've been back there no less than 30 to 40 times easily, easily. And I brought Carl there, and he's like, oh, God, you know, because I was trying to turn him on to something. And he was rolling his eyes because we were friends. He's like, all right, I'll just, I'll just humor this idiot and go – you know, check out his sushi place. And uh, the look on his face when he went, damn, bro, you know, you know your shit when it comes to sushi because this is really, really good. Yeah, that's the place with the famous dip video, Jennifer Ferris. Let's give Jennifer Ferris a little love today on the big screen. Dip. Opie looks like Tom Petty now. See, I, I could change my look every day. This is the same hair that uh, made people think that I was uh, Jesse Ventura. Then I get a little Brett Favre action. Then I get a little Woogie action. Then I get a little Dog the Bounty action. And today it's what, Tom Petty? All right. How long has it been since uh, Carl's passing? Oh, God. We're coming up on uh, two years. September 21st. When was the last time you drank a... A teeny bikini martini? I don't know. You know, when you don't give a fuck what people think of you, then you then you can embrace the, the, the fruity drinks. Everyone wants a fruity drink. Everybody. Just like everybody wants an ice cream cone, but there's idiots out there like I can't I can't look an ice cream cone in, in public because people are gonna think I'm a <laughs> so they so they avoid all that. And then, uh, you know, you go to a restaurant or something and you see that drink menu that's amazing and it's 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 multicolored and people are like, oh, fuck, I'll, I'll just take a beer. And, and, and I see their faces. They they want to be brave enough to to uh, order one of the uh, fancy uh, sweet drinks, but they just don't do it. But when you don't give a fuck, man, I'll drink those things all day long in front of whoever the fuck I want. Oh, my God, that sounds amazing. We used to go to Corova milk bar in east village and they served alcohol milkshakes right on oh that's another place so if you go to new york city if you want the feel of what new york used to um uh be like in like the uh ah, fuck let's just say the 70s you go to the lower east side although that's dramatically changing now but that was the last uh part of new york city that was holding hold and steady as far as old school New York goes, but uh, they're, yeah, they're changing dramatically as well, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> and it, another dumb thing, but yeah, it does. John Pisano, I love your, I love, I, I think you wanted to say, I love how your voice goes up like a little girl when you get excited. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Yeah, Alphabet City, Jennifer Ferris knows. I used to go down, um, I used to go down the Lower East Side when I worked at uh, WNEW. When I first moved to New York, I was turned on to this little uh, haircutting place. The guy who cut my hair was a guy named Mark. And um, it was just a hole in the wall on the Lower East Side. He's been there since uh, the 80s or something like that. I have no idea if he's still there. I, I, I stopped going to him a really, really long time ago. And uh, this guy would just tell me stories every time I sat in his chair and his claim to fame, and I didn't believe it at first, but he backed it up with pictures, was that um, he came to New York the same time Madonna did, 
and they were friends before Madonna hit it big. And uh, fast forward, I think Madonna put out some kind of picture book or something like that. I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Um, I don't think it was the sex book. I have no idea. Um, and sure enough, I went in for a haircut one day, and he showed me Madonna's book, and she called him and said, look, I need some old pictures when we used to hang out and stuff. And, and his pictures, some of them, were in this fucking book. I'm like, damn, Mark, I should have believed you from the day one when you were telling me all these stories about Madonna. I uh, just saw an interview with Joe Rogan where he and the interviewer talked about how his podcast grew organically. Never says the opster put his pod on his channel uh, on before it was even on YouTube. Yeah, man. I mean, look, Joe Rogan's a talent, obviously. And uh, honestly, I don't really have any issues with Joe Rogan. Just bummed that, you know, he gave me the big fucking blow off when I was trying to get him on my podcast in the early days. Um, but, man, I, I, I recognize the talent of Joe Rogan. And I recognize the talent of Bill Burr. I put fucking Joe Rogan's podcast on the Opie Radio channel on weekends. And Bill Burr's. And and both these guys, you know, they're massively huge right now. And they were going to be massively huge uh, either way. I'm not here to say that I'm the reason. But uh, I gave them a chance when uh, when they, maybe they needed it. And then I, I've told the story many times. And I call him out. This Don Wicklin, who used to quote run the channel he was a glorified secretary he would you know rearrange the fucking programming when he knew like we were going to go on vacation and whatnot he didn't make any important programming decisions that's for sure i went to him because joe rogan uh got a hold of me and basically said oh i love being on your channel and uh you know this was before his podcast took off this is important to the story and he goes, I, I love being on your channel on the weekends, but I don't want to fit into an hour or two hour block. I want my show to be heard in its entirety. And I said, I understand that, Joe Rogan. So I went to Don Wicklin and because uh, he was the liaison between um, between me and Scott Greenstein. I probably should have went to Scott Greenstein. And uh, Wicklin gets back to me and he goes, we're going to keep it in a, uh, you know, the hour blocks because that's how we're programming the channel on the weekends. And Rogan's like, well, then I can't be on your channel. And and I, I told Don Wicklin this, and Don goes, we don't need Joe Rogan. <laughs> Way to go. Way to go, Don. We don't need Joe Rogan. And then um, and then Bill Burr comes to me. I don't know if it was, it was sort of around the same time, probably within a few months. And I've known uh, Bill Burr forever. And he goes, yo, Ope, uh, you know, he, he basically said, I want to I get paid. You know, he, he was putting his podcast on uh, our channel on the weekends. He was starting to become pretty fucking big. And he's like, he basically said, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he basically said, look, I'm at the point in my career. I don't want to give anything away for free anymore. So I want to get paid. I'm like, all right, what do you think? And he goes, nothing crazy, but I just want to get paid for my content. I go, all right, uh, Bill, that's more than fair, you know. And uh, the Opie and Anthony audience absolutely adored uh, Bill Burr. So I go back to Don Wicklin. I go, Bill Burr needs a few bucks to continue airing his podcast on the channel on the weekends. And Don Wicklin, after a day or two, comes back. I don't even know if he went to the bosses. And he goes, we don't need Bill Burr on the channel. Famously, they said they didn't need Joe Rogan and they didn't need Bill Burr on the channel. Fucking, this is the lunacy I had to deal with on a regular basis. All right, let's talk about HelloFresh for a second or two here. What is HelloFresh? With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. 
You skip the trips to the grocery store, and you can count on HelloFresh to make home cooking, ready for this, easy, fun, and affordable, and that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Piqued your interest? I sure did. Go to HelloFresh.com slash OP14. Use the code OP14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. Man, I'm trying to think why I love HelloFresh. I've been with them for months at this point. I've gotten, I don't even know, at least eight boxes from HelloFresh. I like that uh, it cuts out the stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in just about 30 minutes or less. I love that the recipes are very, very tasty. They feel healthy to me. They got like 50 uh, menu and market items each week, including ready-to-eat salads, sandwiches, and soups. There's definitely something for everyone to enjoy. And get better value. HelloFresh is 28% cheaper than shopping at your local grocery store and 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal without sacrificing the quality. That is the truth, my friends. Once again, go to HelloFresh.com slash OP14. Use the code OP14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. Once again, that's HelloFresh.com slash op14 use the code op14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping hello fresh america's number one meal kit check them out uh opie with all your hats i've never seen you in a maga hat why would i do that i always thought trump was a joke all the way back when he was doing our radio show if you love trump god bless you and i hope it works out for you I do miss the Trump because, you know, he, there was turmoil every single day. But besides that, I've never been a Trump fan. I, I, I see right through his bullshit. If you don't and, and you think he's going to make your life better, then God bless you and go with that. Either way, if he's president or not president in 2024, I won't give two shits. You continue believing in your damn politics. President Kamala Harris, ugh, not a fan. Not a fan. She just kind of laughs at everything. I, I don't know what she has done, but then again, to be fair, you know, the vice presidency is just a complete waste of a position. Complete waste. And I don't like that. I guess you do vote for the ticket, obviously, in the end, but I think it's insane in America that uh, we don't get to actually pick the president and the vice president. And people would say, yes, you, yes we do. Be, yes, you do, because you vote for the ticket. Yeah, but we have no choice of that at, at that point. Basically, it should be that the top two guys from a party, that's who should run together. Because then, you know, the people wanted uh, both those guys. Like Kamala Harris, you know, she came out of nowhere, and they picked the vice president to uh, get votes from a particular area in America. You guys know this. Or a particular group of people. And it has nothing to do with uh, how qualified they are for that position. Yeah, yeah, Max, see? Kamala, did you know today's Wednesday? Answer. And then, yeah, the laugh. She laughs at everything. It's weird. Oh, my God. I was driving around with my daughter the other day. Speaking of uh, the presidency. (laughs) Oh, I got to remember which one she said. I think she said Taft, but I'm not sure. So I I might have to update what I'm about to say. But it was a president that's been dead for probably a hundred years. 
And she looks at me, we're talking about shit. And she looks at me and she goes, Daddy, were you alive when Taft was president? <laughs> oh my God. I gotta ask her, I still remember, but I'm trying to remember what president was, but it was, it was a president. I mean, they were not in the color age. It was, they lived, they lived in the black and white world. There was a time, man, people just walked around in black and white. That's just crazy, right? Nuts. And then there were people that just walked around where like, wherever they went, people had to draw them. They didn't even have pictures yet. They didn't have any goddamn pictures yet. So you had to hope the artist was good because for the rest of time, you know, what they perceived you looked like, it was what was going to be out there. Wayne Franklin. The old O&A videos really hold up pretty amazing. Yeah, but the hosts haven't. <laughs> we are very different people now there, Wayne, but I'm glad you're, you're enjoying the, uh, the old videos. Um, don't be horrified if you see Doggy. I don't want to put him on camera, but if he happens to uh, walk into the shot, boy, are you going to get a treat. Doggy, he's only a year old, and his mats got so bad. So it's like the puppy hair is growing in these weird balls underneath his fur, basically, and just keeps growing and growing and growing and causes uh, all sorts of issues. It could start stretching the skin, which can make him uncomfortable. That can lead to like infections and all sorts of crazy stuff. It can prevent him from breathing properly. So we took him to a groomer. We couldn't, we couldn't get a grooming appointment because because of COVID. Um, they were way, way behind. Well, first of all, they weren't doing it. And then when they finally opened up, it was a nightmare trying to find a groomer. And we finally got a, a grooming appointment. Uh, we had to wait like a month and we go there and the people were fucking horrified. They're like, you got to go to a vet. And when you look at Doggy, and most of you guys have looked at Doggy in the morning, he looks totally normal. But yeah, these giant—I mean, they were giant mats that you could twist almost like a like a doorknob all over his body. So they suggested that we shave him down to the skin, and uh, I'm here to say that he looks like a totally different dog. Looks all right. He shaved all the way down. I mean, he still has fur. They were warning us that they might have to go all the way to the skin. They did not do that, thank God, because then I, he would look like one of those giant skinless cats, but uh, we didn't do that. Uh, poor guy. He don't notice. But we uh, we went from uh, getting compliments on the beach with this dog wherever we went, and now, now people are going to be like, how is that the same dog? Nah, this is probably who gives a shit. No, I don't know if it's who gives a shit because we all deal with this. So we have a vet out here, way, way out east here on Long Island, and they're just rude as fuck. They're not nice whatsoever. Everything's a fucking hassle. And uh, we brought him into my original vet uh, last week, and they checked for, like, heartworms. And, uh, and looked at him to say that we can't uh, groom him right now, uh, but we could groom him like today. Today would have been the day. But they were so rude about it. And then just for them to look at the dog and do a quick uh, heartworm test, it was $200. And we, look, we have the money, but I, I always hate when I feel like I'm, I'm being ripped off. And, and we're like, what the fuck? $200 for fucking what? They didn't even bring him into like a into a room. They just did it kind of in the lobby. They quickly took blood and they said, that's $200. Like, get the fuck out of here. 
I mean, it was like they took advantage and knew they could make a quick $200, which I fucking hate. And then on top of that, they are extremely rude, like really nasty on the phone. Uh, don't really listen. We had to explain my dog situation like three or four times, and then they finally sort of got it. So we're like, fuck that. Why are we giving them our money if they're so rude and not nice? So we called around, and uh, we found another place. The lady could not have been nicer on the phone. The vet called us right back. He could have been nicer. The vet at my old place, he was rude as fuck, too. Like it, Almost like he didn't want to be there or want to be a vet. And um, this new place, the vet, you can tell he really, really loves animals. So, uh, long story short, we brought him, we brought Doggy there yesterday to get shaved down, and they all met us in the lobby, the vet, um, just really, really, really nice attitudes. And then we're expecting this to be hundreds of dollars because our old vet said that. Uh, we're going to warn you, it's going to be two people, and it's going to take hours, and it's going to be hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And that's exactly how they talk, by the way. That's not even me pumping it up. And... Um, we, we asked the new people, like, ah, I don't know, maybe less than $200. This is this is easy. We can take care of this. It wasn't doom and gloom. And the experience was so good. I said, look, we're changing vets, and I want you to know. It's because you guys were so nice. People appreciate people being so nice in the service industry. And then the other people uh, call. They're like, so you, we're just checking uh, to see if you're coming in tomorrow for your appointment. And we're like, no, not only are we not coming in, we'll never see you again. Goodbye. No one wants to do their jobs these days. Everyone has a fucking attitude, man. It sucks. So my thing is, like, if I find someone that is just cool and nice and fair, I embrace them. You know, my, my car needed, um, my car needed uh, AC. Well, it still needs AC. And uh, a friend of mine out here, he turned me on to this mechanic, and we hit it off. The guy is so fucking cool. Same thing, really nice, likes what he does. Um, the machine he he uses to fix uh, car AC units broke. So now he feels really, really bad, so he's trying to find another place I could go to get the car fixed. And I'm like, look, dude, I want, I want to spend my money with you, so if you're telling me you could get your machine fixed it within – within reason, within the next week, then I'll wait because you've been good to me. I'm not going anywhere else because you have been good to me. So I'd rather, you know, drive around. I mean, it's all local shit out here now because I, I did the big trip to New York, but I'd rather drive around for the next week with no AC and wait on this guy that was good to me. That's how I am. I, I always have been. I mean, if you're nice to me, then I, I, I will give you my loyalty. Simple as that. And also, if I know you're not uh, ripping me off. Oh, my God. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, we got kids around the same age there, Anthony. Uh, my 10-year-old was amazed when I told him about dial-up internet, LOL, LOL. Excuse me. It's crazy. Yeah. I told him, I'm like, when we wanted to go online, we had to warn everybody in our house that they can't use the phone for the next hour or two. And they're like, what? And I said, and, you know, because they got friends all over the place now. I remember... Long distance relationships uh, when I was growing up was a no no. You knew it was like it was never going to work because you had to write fucking letters to the person. When I went to Geneseo, I had a girlfriend. She went home for the summer. It, it killed me. I was counting down the days when I could see her again. I didn't have money that I could take a bus trip, and it was a, it was a decent bus trip. It was pretty far, a few hours away. 
And uh, so I would write letters to keep in touch with her. And every once in a while, my I would beg my mom, can I uh, do a long-distance phone call? Remember long-distance phone calls and, and how much that would cost? So my parents, you know, they were on a tight budget. They're like, oh, you could, you could call her like once a month. And then they would pretty much time out my phone call. It had to be like, God, I wish I could remember. It wasn't an hour. It was like maybe a half hour. You got a half hour to talk to her. And you would just try to get everything in and, and, and you'd panic. And then it, it would make you miss the person even more when you hung up the damn phone. So then you took out a piece of paper and a pen and you wrote your thoughts. Ew. <laughs> These kids don't understand any of that. They just call people all over the fucking country, my kids, on their iPads with not even a thought or a worry in the world. Yeah, the first cell phones were, oh, my God, remember that? Yeah, man. When did I get my cell phone? Are we talking like early to mid-90s, I think, right? I think. Yeah, remember the convenience of being able to call from a cell phone, but you knew it was like, yeah, I think it was a dollar per minute. So your your phone calls from your, your cell were really, really quick, like really quick. Wasn't AOL uh, $3.50 a minute? I, I, would, I would say it was up there. I would say, yeah, but, oh, my God, that's right. And then you would you would check your AOL, and I, I'm telling you, we were on a tight budget. So, man, when I signed on to AOL, yeah, it cost something. I think you're about right there, Tommy Chesh. You checked your shit fast, man. Hi, doggy. When are you going to bark? He still hasn't barked. We're just waiting for him to bark. I just want you to bark. You had a tough day yesterday, huh? They were so nice to him, though. There's a picture. I got. I got to. Um, I got to get a better picture of it because we took a picture of um, the lady's cell phone when they were done shaving him. And most of you guys have seen him. He looks like a. He almost looks like a greyhound. That's how it's much different he is right now. They laid out the the fur that they took off Doggy. It looked like a bearskin rug. Doggy says F you too. He's confused because he was a dog that didn't really like uh, to be pet a lot. He liked it, but he wasn't all about it. And now I understand the fur was so fucking thick. He really wasn't feeling it. So now because his fur is like right down to the skin, we're petting him and he, he will not leave us alone. He's loving it now. So I think he's just very, very confused because yesterday he was wearing like a winter coat and now he's got, uh, he's pretty much ready for the nude beach. <laughs> Dog, he's too smart. He is, he's not. I think he's, I think he feels cooler. So I think he's happy in that regard, but I think he's really mad at us. Like, what the fuck did you do to me? Hey, Ope, what do you think of Howie taking the whole summer off and not broadcasting until September? Well, let me tell you, I don't like Howard Stern at all, but I'm also in the camp of good for him. If the company's going to allow it, they signed this guy for another insane contract. And then he turns around. I'm sure it was part of the deal when they were like writing it up. And basically, he's like, yeah, you just gave me another insane contract for tens of millions of dollars, probably close to $100 million, and, and I'm going to take the whole summer off. So good for him. I know his fans are pissed off, but if you can get away with that with a corporate company, I say go for it. I mean, SiriusXM has no choice. Their business model was take care of Howard Stern. And pretty much everything else doesn't really matter. And they're they're continuing with that uh, business model. 
But Howard is, uh, you know, he's getting up there in, in age, and I don't know how much longer this could possibly work out for Sirius XM. But good for Howard Stern. Took all their fucking money and said, now I'm going to go paint for three months. Go screw. <laughs> uh, that's why satellite radio's dead, and they don't need Rogan or Bill Burr. Like I said, they had Howard. They don't need, they don't give a fuck. But can you imagine if they developed an actual relationship with Joe Rogan and Bill Burr? When we introduced those two guys to Series XM and they cultivated that relationship, they would have two giant fucking shows on Series XM right now. And then if Howard wanted to, you know, take the whole summer off, they could have said, go fuck yourself, Howard. Not only can you not take the summer off, we're not paying you any more money. How about that? Because we got Bill Burr and Joe Rogan. But instead, they just, uh, you know, they just, you know what, uh, Howard, you know what. And everyone else uh, is just garbage over there. What do you think of the new driverless cars, Andy Vollin says? They're absolutely amazing. I, I test drove a, a Tesla uh, at this point it's probably two, maybe three summers ago. Wow, is it that long? Um, they're amazing. We have the technology right now, but we're just we're just lazy and everything costs way too much fucking money. We can easily turn our highways or a bunch of highways into um, roadways for driverless cars, and they would be incredibly safe. But instead, we're just going to, like, just take slow uh, baby steps as far as technology goes. Instead of jumping ahead, that technology is absolutely amazing. And if you set up the roads, and I hear they're, they're pretty easy to set up, you could be in your car finally looking at your goddamn Facebook. I see all you mother effers on the Long Island Expressway literally checking your Facebook page going 70 miles an hour. But a driverless car, you could do that all day long. But driverless cars are obviously the future. I don't think I don't think my kids will actually buy a car. I think that would be really, really stupid. I think in another few years between you know the Ubers and the Lyfts and uh, all the other technology and then driverless driverless cars i i can't imagine kids that are you know 10 11 and they 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 grow up to 18 19 years old i can't imagine those people would actually buy a car i think it'd be kind of a waste of money right when you could kind of uber pretty much anywhere and then the technology they're basically saying that on your phone you could just you know call up a car you give your address and a and a, a driverless car just shows up then you punch in where you're gonna go now, this sounds like way in the future, but it really isn't. We really could get this done in the next 10 years. I, I, I know we won't because we just suck. We just suck as far as pushing technology forward. And then you jump in the car. It gets you to your destination. And then the car just drives off to the next pickup. That's the future. I, I hope my kids get to see that. Your son can't wait to drive and he's 12. I know I'm gonna start letting my son drive my uh, my car. I'll, I'll start going into big park lots and stuff because when I uh, turned 16, my dad's like, "All right, time to get your permit." And we drove and we did all the paperwork and I got my permit. I never was in the driver's seat of a car in my life, and for some reason, because I had this magical paper, my dad just assumed I now knew how to kind of drive, and he goes, "Well." Now that you have your permit, you can drive home. And he throws me the keys. I'm 16 years old and I've never been in the driver's seat before. And uh, I think it was in the Hot Pog area. And it's a lot of highways, like really dangerous 
people go way too fast highways. I pull out of the the uh, the parking lot or whatever, and I'm on a highway at 16 years old. I never drove before. I'm like, this is crazy. And then I, I somehow made it to the first turn, which is kind of the back roads back to the house. And uh, now I'm just driving 30, 40 miles an hour when I think the speed limit was 20, 25. My dad, I could see he started to kind of push his legs on the floorboards, like uh, hoping that I'm going to slow down. Oh, the kid doesn't slow down because he's never done this before. And now there's a hairpin turn that I take at 40 miles an hour. There's a car coming the other way. I swerve out of the way to avoid it. My dad is in full panic mode. And I'm like, Dad, I've never driven before. And then, long story short, I pulled over and my dad drove us home. And then I, uh, then I learned how to drive properly. But within, I would say, 10 minutes of getting my, my learner's permit, we were almost in a head-on collision because my dad just thought that I could magically drive now that I did the paperwork. Was this in the van with no seats? No. Oh, what car was it? I think it was the, uh, the Dodge Aspen Wagon. The Dodge Aspen Wagon, which was a really, really old car. It was uh, like a puke green color. It was really ugly. And that was the car, I, I think I, I told you guys, that um, the back doors didn't close properly anymore. And instead of my dad taking it to a mechanic, and I bet you the fix would have been less than $100, he decided that he would take a, a, a long piece of wire and tie it on one door handle over here and tie it on the other door handle over here nice and tight. So now if you were in the back seat, uh, and I come from a time we didn't have fucking seatbelts in the back seat. Are you kidding me? So my friends would get in because this turned out to be my car. And then they'd have to get their, their body under the wire. And now they're driving with me. They're in the back seat with a wire across their uh, midsection because that's how we kept the doors closed. And when we got to our destination, they had to roll down windows and jump out the, the window. Thank God it wasn't in any real accidents because they would have cut my friends right in half. Yeah, John knows. John Quartz, the wagons back then were all that puke, minty green. Yeah, that's exactly right. It was the worst color green you could imagine. And it was a Dodge Aspen wagon. And then I got my own car. I got myself a nice Honda Accord from my caddy money. And my dad's cars were always breaking down. And I was doing the right thing. I got a brand new car. I had car payments. I took care of this thing like it was my baby. Loved that car. And my dad had uh, appointments, and he goes, uh, he didn't ask. He just goes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take your car. This was when I was home for the summers. And uh, I go, do you know how to drive a stick? Because I know how to drive a stick. He's all mad at me, right? And remember, this was my baby. This car was brand new, only a couple months old. And I had to listen. I'm in the house. I had to listen as my dad is trying to find gears in our driveway we lived on a very busy uh, road. It turns out that's where he would die when they had that horrific crash back in 2004. So he's leaving the driveway in my brand new Honda Accord, and it's obvious he's never driven a stick, but he has to be somewhere. He's got this appointment, and I have to hear him go, just trying to find gears, and then it's revving. All the way up the road 
until I can't hear it anymore. I just hear, and then he sort of finds a gear. I'm like, oh my God, my poor car. He didn't have the best luck with cars, but he knew how to get rid of them because he was always trying to save a few bucks. He would get rid of our cars like uh, he would get rid of our old dogs after they died. They would just be gone, and we knew not to ask any questions. He would just dump our cars in places. Who knows what he did after that? I don't, I, I don't even want to even like speculate. But then uh, in his old age, he got lazy. The last drop-off of a, a bad car... He decided to drop it off in the in the first strip mall away from our house, which was maybe maybe two miles up the road. He just dumped it in the parking lot and had my Geneseo sticker on the back because he was proud. And then we would we confronted my dad. We're like, the car is up uh, in the blank parking lot. It's like, no, that's not that's not uh, that's not our car. I'm like, it has the Geneseo sticker. It's our car. What are you doing? <laughs> But he just dumped it there. And I, I wish I, I knew the end of that story. I don't remember. I, I, I would have to call my um, my brothers or my sisters, but I'm pretty sure that car just sat there and just rotted for a long time, if I remember. And I remember every time we drove by, I was embarrassed. I'm like, that's our family car just sitting there. What is he doing? And then I believe, but I would have to check on this. I believe one day we drove by there, we're, you know, we drove by there all the time, and the car was uh, no longer there. And then we could all breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> Leave the car, take the cannolis. Boo 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 boo. Boo 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 boo.